right, who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad to be in God's house? Can we just make some noise for Jesus today? He's worthy of all the praise. Hey, I'm so glad you're here and you're in the right place, right time. And I want to look into the camera too and just welcome everybody who's on the other side of the camera. Two Anns that I want to greet today. Ann from Central Square, New York, who watches every single week. And my Aunt Ann in Jacksonville, Florida, who, who watches. She's watched since we've gone live during the COVID months. And she is on, she is in hospice right now, everybody. 60 years old. She's been faithful for the last three years. Come on, can we welcome the Anns and everybody else who's on, online with us today on the other side of the camera? We're grateful for you. And, and I want to just, uh, I, I want to celebrate too something that, you know, we're, we're inching up on five years as a church family. In January, it'll be five-year anniversary. And, and I want to I honor some people in the room today surprised us because they, they uh, helped us launch City Hope Church. If you were on the original launch team, like you helped us, would you just lift up your hand real quick? Just, just a couple of you. Look around the room and see, well, man, that's not too many hands up. Look what God has done, everybody. I want to I honor uh, Tim and Gwen Turner over here on the front row. You guys have been so faithful. You helped us launch this. Thank you so much. Uh, Tim and Gwen moved here from uh, Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, and he was part of the uh, Shepherd here for a while and now is in D.C., and, and I'm so thankful that we had an opportunity to have them as we did. They were an integral part in the beginnings of City Hope Church, and I thank every person who was on the launch team, every person who was on the dream team, every person who's signed up on the dream team since then. Come on, can we just give it up for the dream team today? Everybody, let's honor, let's honor every person who serves, makes a difference. Thankful for you. And we're, we're gearing up. We're in week one of a brand new series today that we're calling Generosity Unleashed. And I, I do want to be clear and let you know just right off the bat, it is a series about generosity. It's a series about stewardship, but it's not a series about giving to get. It's actually a series about getting to give. Oh, that's a, that's a big difference, everybody. I, I, don't, I don't give to get something. I get to give. I get to be generous. I get to, be, I get to return back to the Lord what's His. And so we're not doing this series because uh, we need you to give. In fact, in nearly five years of City Hope Church, we've never needed a Sunday offering to the glory of God. That's not because I'm a great leader. It's because God's been so good to us. Amen. And so... Um, so right now, actually, we're, right now we're operating the church on about 86% of what you give. And so we, we don't spend every dollar that comes in, and nor do I think you should spend every dollar that you earn. Come on, somebody. That's a good way to live your life. This morning, though, while I was in my prayer time, I really felt like the Lord encouraged me with this. Because sometimes when you talk about money, you just don't know what, how are people going to respond, how are people going to receive it. And he said, Ben, I want you to unapologetically teach of the biblical principles of generosity so that the, as the people of God are blessed, the kingdom of God will be provided for, all right? And so that's the whole, really the whole reason behind it. And, and this is not a series about you giving to our church. You could go give to any other church, but it's about a, more of about a transformation that takes place in your heart that when you live out the, the God-ordained principles, as he would call them, ordinances in his Bible, it actually will change your life and the life of people around you. Come on. And so let me give you this theme verse here in Proverbs chapter 11, 25. Our, our theme verse for this series says, A generous person will 
prosper. It's not the lazy person who prospers. It's not the person who, who, um, who's just going to wait on things to happen that prospers. Not the person who says, come see me next week that prospers. Who is it? The generous person prospers. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So in the same way that I would teach you how to break free from addiction. I would teach you how to have a healthy marriage. I would teach you how to grow in your walk with the Lord. I have to also teach you what the Bible has to say about generosity so that you can live out what he's called us to do, right? And so here's my goal. If I have a goal for this series, it's this one thing, and that is I want generosity unreached to become generosity unleashed in your life. So every one of us are on a journey. Some of us, you, you've been uh, serving the Lord for years. You've been, you've been faithful in your generosity. Thank you for that. But some of you, you haven't really, uh, maybe you're just getting in a walk with the Lord and you don't really know what to do and how to, how to walk out this generosity. And so you haven't reached, none of us have reached the goal that God wants us to reach yet. So in any area where you have not reached it, I'm just asking, let's unleash it, all right? Any area that's unreached, Let's, let's go from unreached to unleashed. Let's see what God would do in our lives. And my prayer is that, that you will experience the overflow of all that God has for you. But can I tell you, the only way you get to experience the overflow is if you live out his word. It's if you live out the, the word of God. And so it has the power to change our lives. Now, could we do more if we had more? Absolutely. We could do more. You, you see this room, the first service was just like it, packed out. Could we, could we purchase property, Pastor Ben? Yeah, we, absolutely. We could purchase property and we, if we had more, but we move at the pace of your generosity, all right? And so that's my promise. We always just ask you to ask God what he wants you to do and then be obedient to it, all right? So, um, so I'm going to jump into week one, and the title of this message today is that it's all about the heart, all about the heart. Say that with me. Say, it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Right here. And so we're going to jump in. We're going to look at this passage of scripture in Luke chapter 6. If you've got your notes, you can follow along. Luke 6 says, uh, it's verse 37, 38. It says, do not judge and you will not be judged. See, some, some of y'all were like, I knew that was in the Bible. I, I knew it was there. <laughs> judge not lest you be judged. Right? It says, do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, this next portion is often used to talk about money because, and I'm, I'm going to preach it for you because the preacher in me would say, give and it will be given to you. A good measure. A pressed down, shaken together thing to be. It's going to be running over. It's going to be poured into your bosom. That's the King James version for lap, Right? For with the measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you, right? And, and we've all heard it preached that way. If you've been in church before or if you've seen any Christian television programming, you've seen it. My brothers and sisters, for your love gift of $20 or more, we'll send you this vial of water from the very pool where Jesus was baptized. Y'all laugh because you know it's true. You've, you've seen this, right? But let me ask you something. Does it say anything about money? No. Why? Because it's, Jesus is teaching about the heart. He's, he's actually teaching you, don't judge. Don't condemn. Forgive. So it's, it's, not about, it's, it's not about money at all. It's actually about the attitude of our hearts. 
That the context of this whole passage is how we treat other people. How do we take care of the people around us? So whatever we give is going to be given back to you. Whatever we give. Notice this. If you give judgment, what's coming back to you? If you give condemnation, what's coming back to you? But if you give forgiveness, what's coming back to you? Forgiveness. So it's a principle, Old Testament principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, that is what you're going to reap. It's the bottom line. And, and it is today the same it was in the Old Testament. God said it will never disappear. As long as there is a heaven and an earth, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be sowing and reaping. Right? And so this is, this is the principle I want you to see today. It's a matter of the heart. So the message is not just about money, but it could include money. All right? But a lot of people look at this and they go, that's all it is. That's, they, they just think about money. Think about money. And, and I want to tell you that God wants us to give a whole lot more than money. He wants us to give somebody some peace. He wants us to give somebody some love. What if we just took the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control? What if we gave that away to people, right? In fact, yeah, you can clap. But the, the whole message of Christianity is summed up in this one line, that God loved us so much that he gave. He was generous. He didn't hold it back. He didn't say to himself, you know what, when they get their act together, then I'll send Jesus down there. When they quit sinning, when they quit acting a fool, when they quit doing all that stuff they're doing, then I'll send Jesus. No, he sent Jesus while we were still sinners, while we were still messing around, while we were still snorting cocaine, whatever your thing was, it, he sent Jesus for you. While, you. while you were dealing dope instead of dealing hope, he sent Jesus for you. All right? He sent Jesus for you. He didn't wait to see when you're going to get your act together. It's not just about money, but it does include money. Whatever we give, we will receive. In fact, Matthew, Jesus teaches it this way. In Matthew chapter 6, he says, Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right, this is important. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. See, some people, I, I know every time I teach something like this, it happens. Every time. Some people will go, I knew it. I knew it. All they care about is money. And it's usually people who don't give anything who say that. All right? I just. Next time somebody says it, you just say, well, how much have they taken from you? But what, what did they take from you? In fact, there's a guy in this service who a couple years ago, he came for the very first time, and he said, I, I, I preached a message like this. He came on this on a Sunday where I'm talking about money, and he goes, sitting right here, Josh Turner. I'm calling you out in front of everybody. <laughs> he says, he, he, said, he told his wife, I knew it. They're just, just about money, right? Year and a half later, he's leading a small group. He's serving in the, he's joined the church, went through the growth track. Come on. To God be glory for what he did in your life, man. That's awesome. I, I had to do that to you. I had to do it. I, I was thinking about you in this message because that's, that's one of the things that people say. Is that, well, it's just about money. But listen, I want to tell you, God, listen, the church is not after your money, but God is. Why? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so God knows if I can get to, the, if I can get to their money, I'll get to their heart. 
If I can deal with their wallet, I can get to their heart because where the treasure is, that's where the heart is. You could follow it. Is your heart in stocks? Is your heart in, in travel ball? Is your heart in the boat? Is your heart in the bow? Is your heart in the hunting lease? I'm meddling now. I'm up. I'm meddling. Uh, where, where's your heart? See, uh, wherever, wherever the treasure is, all we have to do is look at the bank account, follow the paper trail. That will tell us where our heart is. And God says, I don't want you to have any other God before me. I don't want you to have anything else. I don't want treasure to take my place. I don't want the boat, the house, the car. I don't want anything to take my place in this life. So I want to teach you today, how do we, how do we give with a pure heart? I want to talk about unleashing this generosity in our lives, and there's four things that we got to do to, in order to unleash generosity, but let me set it up for you in Deuteronomy chapter 15. Deuteronomy is a book right before they go into the promised land, right before the Jewish people inherit this promised land. It's not a new book of the law. It is a repeated book of the law. Moses is writing again, hey, everybody, just remember as you get into the promised land, do this, do this, do this. Hey, don't do, avoid this. He's just reminding them of the law. And he says, if anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted. In other words, don't think to yourself, well, they just need to get a job. You know, if, if they worked hard like the rest of us, they wouldn't be in that position. He, he says, don't, don't think like that. Don't become like that. Close-fisted where you, where you won't take care of them. He says, here's what I want you to do. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend to them whatever they need. Be open-handed. Hey, I know I don't have enough to meet your need, but I'll help you where I can. I'll do whatever I can to be a blessing to you. Hey, I know it's not enough to solve your entire issue, but take what I have. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to be a blessing to you. And so here's four things I want to give you today on unleashing generosity. In your notes, number one, combat a greedy heart. You have to combat. You got to combat it. Like you, and I say combat because it's like a constant thing, a greedy heart. It's just over and over again. The greed is it's really about selfishness. What's, I want what's in it for me. I want what's best for me. And there's two kinds of greed that we often deal with. One of those is a greed that it, it actually causes us to give expecting to get something back. It's a give to get kind of greed. It's, it's that... Man, I heard that preacher say if I gave $1,000, God would give me back 10. Oh, man, that's a good deal right there. And so what, what was your giving motivated by? The fact that he told you if you gave 1000 you'd get 10000 back. That's selfish. That's selfish. That's a give-to-get mentality. The other kind of greed is a greed that keeps us from giving. <laughs> I ain't giving to that. Mm -mm, no. They, they, they need to work. They need to do. They need to provide for themselves, whatever that looks like. And God warns us about that kind of attitude in Deuteronomy 15. He says, be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. So not, don't think to yourself that the seventh year, the year of canceling debts, is near. Now let me explain what that means. In these Jewish times in the, in, in the Old Testament, they had a, um, a law or a celebration point that was called the seventh year, the year of canceling debts. And every seven years, all debts were canceled. Come on, how many wants to reinstate that? Yeah. Amen? Come on. 
Well, they, they had that. Every seven years, we're going we're gonna to cancel the debts. And so if you bought something or if someone loaned you something in year six, I mean, you're just a year away. I don't know if I want to loan that to you. <laughs> I'm going to have to cancel this debt. And I don't like, I don't want to cancel this debt. And so God is telling them, hey, don't think to yourself, if I give this to them now, they'll never pay me back. Because that kind of thinking... What, what happens is you show ill will to the needy among your fellow Israelites and you give them nothing. You hold out on them and, and they suffer in exchange for you holding out. And I know some of you in the room, you go, well, I'm so thankful that's the Old Testament. We don't live, Pastor Ben, in case you didn't know, we're, we're under grace. Praise God. We're under grace. Right? New Testament. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because Jesus said in the New Testament... That if you lend to those from whom you expect a repayment, so what? What credit is that to you? He says even sinners, even people outside the house of God expect to be repaid in full. But watch this. Jesus says, but love your enemies. Do good to your enemies. Lend to them even if it's in the sixth year. And you know that they're not going to be able to pay them back. Lend to them without expecting anything back. Here, take what I have. It, it's yours. Right? It's so an open-handed kind of generosity. And so what God is saying here is, is to guard our hearts against selfishness. Selfishness tells us that if I give, God might not come through for me. If I give, there's not going to be enough. For what I need to do. There's not going to be enough. And we know, those of us who have been living out this, this generosity unleashed, you know that it's a whole lot easier to live off of 90% that's blessed than it is 100% that's cursed. Talk about that another day. So why did God create giving? What's the big deal about generosity and giving? God created it to work selfishness and greed out of our lives. He created it to, to work out the, the, the greed and selfish nature of us. If you want to know how to battle, how to confront, how to combat greed, it's with generosity. Yes. It's, to turn it, it's to turn it up on its head and to begin to live a generous life. That's how you do it. And so what happens is, uh, is the, the opposite is true. In a give-to-get kind of gospel, and, and, and many of you are familiar with that. It's kind of prevalent within church today. The church world is like this give to get. Uh, God will bless you if you give, all that kind of thing. Listen, that actually breeds selfishness in you. But what's your motivation? You have to check your motivation at the door. Why am I giving? It works selfishness in you. And God didn't create giving for himself. He created it for us to, to, to make us more like him, by the way. We make us more like him. Now, I, f I feel like we need to laugh a little bit because y'all got quiet on me. <laughs> Talk to the men for a second. Men, y'all know we play about a lot of things, but we don't like to share our food. <laughs> y'all know. Men, ladies, if you didn't know, we don't like to share our food. Now, uh, I don't, know if, I don't know if this applies to anybody else, but I cannot stand going to the drive-thru. It's supposed to be fast food. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to the drive-thru. We've been going to this same drive-thru for 20 years. How come no one here knows what they want? 
No one in this car knows what you want off this menu. You've been eating here for 20 years. You can't decide. So I'm already flustered. I'm already dealing with anxiety coming into the drive-thru. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? It was, let's go, let's go, let's go. The car's behind us. We gotta go. This is fast food. Come on. And, and I'm just freaking out in the driver's seat, like, just tell them your order for crying out loud. And then we get down to Annalise. I say, hey, well, what do you want? She goes, I'll just have some of yours. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> it's my food. This is, these are my fries. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? We ain't sharing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's that, it's, that, it's that kind of selfishness, like a little bit of greed. So here's the lesson of this is that God wants me to be a generous giver, not a greedy grabber. Those are my fries. Keep your hands off my fries. This is my food, right? He wants us to be a generous giver, not a greedy grabber. Some of y'all, y'all know what a greedy grabber looks like. You've seen them at egg hunts, Easter egg hunts. It's grown women out there shoving kids to the ground so their kid can get the most eggs. Y'all know, greedy grabbers. It's not the kids, it's the parents, right? They're just tripping them. We've seen it. All right, here we go. Here's, here's the second thing. You've got to confront a grudging heart. If we're going to unleash this generosity in our lives, we've got to confront a grudging heart. If, so if, if greed is about what happens before I give, the grudge is about what happens after I give. All right? So grudging heart's kind of this, this um, regretful giving. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 10 says, give generously to them and do so, do it without a grudging heart. Don't harbor any sort of regret. And when you do that, because of this, because you give generously, the Lord, your God will bless you. And I just want to point out that we don't ever give to get, but I want you to notice that when we act in generosity, when we act in obedience to generosity, there is a reward. God shows up. God loves to bless his people who are walking and living out his principles. And he says, I'll bless you in all your work and in everything that you put your hand to. That's the difference between giving because I have to give and giving because I I get to give. I get to do this. You ever seen a kid share his toys grudgingly? Let's just say we have a, we have a, a mom's day out small group or maybe a young mom's small group and they all go over to Johnny's house, right? You got Johnny, Billy, Susie, they're all there and they're playing together and Billy notices, they're at Johnny's house, he notices there's this toy nobody's playing with and Billy goes over and he picks it up off the ground, man, this is cool and he starts playing with it. What does Johnny do? Hey, I was playing with that. I was, I was playing with that. And his mom goes, no, Johnny, no, you, you got to share. I want you to share, Johnny. I want you to give it to him. I don't want to give it to him. No, but you, you got to give it to him. It, he's a guest of the house. But I don't want to. If you don't give him that toy, right? We, we're not going to Chuck E. Cheese tonight. You had no plans to go to Chuck E. Cheese, but you throw it out there just in case. And he goes, fine. What is he doing? He's, he's got a grudge now. I'm just, I'm just sharing because I have to, because Mama made me. Now, I w- we would all like for Johnny to say, you know what, Mom, you're right. I should just let Billy play with that. Yeah, he's our guest, and I can't believe I'm being so selfish right now. But Johnny's two, and he doesn't, he doesn't act that way. So 
Selfishness attacks us before we give. The grudge attacks us after we give. I don't want to share. I don't want to give. Have you ever given an offering before? And right after you gave the offering, something broke down. Right? You had a flat tire. The washing machine goes out. Did you, now, that was going to happen whether you gave or not. All right? But now, all of a sudden, you kind of get a little grudge. You're like, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have given. Now, I don't have enough to fix the whatever it is, right? And, and that's where the grudge begins to set in. You, you have to guard your heart before you give and after you give. Combat the greed, confront the grudge, all right? You got, you got to do that. Uh, I just had a thought. I don't ever have random, I, I don't know that I don't ever have random thoughts, but I don't ever tell you my random thoughts. But I had this thought that I'm going to lunch today, cash only place, and I don't have any cash. I don't have any cash. Oh, Steve, come on, man. Look at, look at Steve go. $100, bro. That's, that's awesome. She, Annalise can get her own, he says. No, we don't have to share. Love it. It's, it's awesome. Now, I wonder why Steve gave me this money so fast. Because it was mine. <laughs> I gave it to him before the service and told him to give it to me. That's why he gave it to me. Do you think Steve is grudging over giving me this $100 bill? No, why not? When hits, right? It doesn't belong to him. He was just holding it. He was just keeping it until it was time to give it back to me. And here's, here's the thing. He didn't give it to me. He returned it. Okay? Now, I think one of the reasons why we have a hard time with the greed and the grudge is because we don't know who our money belongs to. We don't, know, we don't know whose it is, and we don't understand that God owns it all. It all belongs to God, and we're just stewards of it. I'm just giving it back to Him. It's already His anyway, right? So here's the lesson. I don't give what's mine. I actually return what's His. That's the lesson. That's the lesson. So it all belongs to Him. He, he owns it all. And the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. When we give to God, when we are living a generous lifestyle, we give back to God what is his, and, and we don't hold a grudge over it because I know it was never mine in the first place. I was just a steward of it. All right, so we've got to combat the greed, confront the grudge. Number three, cultivate a generous heart. That's the third thing. Now we're going to shift gears. Now it's not just about... Focusing on the negative part, but we, we got to focus on the positive part that I get to be generous. I've, I've got to confront some things. I've got to combat some things, but I also need to cultivate. I need to get my, I need to channel my inner farmer, right? Because I need to cultivate the, the soil, the, the seed. I need to do all, all of those things. See, God wants us to be generous, to not, not just to give enough, not to just meet enough of the need. He wants us to bless as he blesses us. That's in fact what he told Abraham, I'm blessing you to be a blessing. That was the promise he gave Abraham. So let's look at it in Deuteronomy 15. God says, I want you to supply the poor around you. And by the way, that's, that's what City Hope is. We, we are a place that helps meet the needs of the vulnerable, the marginalized, the broken, the hurting. Yes. It's a storehouse. Supply them liberally from your flock, 
your threshing floor, your, your wine press. Give to the people around you. Supply their needs as the Lord your God has blessed you. In other words, I need to learn how to give in proportion to the increase in my life. So it's not just like, I'm not just throwing, you know, here, hope that helps. Hope, hope you get a little something out of that, you know. Or, or maybe for some of us, like, well, pastor, I don't want to give to that guy because what if he buys some booze with it? Well, what if he does? Yeah. It's not up to you. You were obedient. You did what the Lord, you felt like the Lord asked you to do, right? So, so look at this in, in Luke chapter 6. We're going between Deuteronomy 15, Luke 6. It says, give to everyone who asks. I'm not holding it back. I'm not, don't have a grudge. Don't, I'm not letting greed set in, but I'm going to practice this generosity. I'm going to cultivate it and give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Hey, that was mine. Leave my stuff alone. No, no, no. I'm going to do to others as I would have them do to me. Now, if you were in their shoes, how would you want others to treat you? I want, I want them to go overboard, right? I want to hey, take care of my whole need. I, I appreciate whatever you can do, but man, I, I need somebody to come accelerate, help me, help me get out of this position that I'm in. And, and that's kind of the idea here is that do, do to others as you would have them do to you. And then, notice again, when you step out in that obedience, when you live a generous lifestyle, there will be a reward that is great. Your reward will be great. And you will be children of who? The Most High. Now, now, what are children supposed to do? They're supposed to mimic. They're supposed to obey their parents, right? And so what, what Jesus is saying here is you're going to be children of the Most High. You're going to start looking more and more like your Father in heaven when you live an obedient lifestyle, when you walk in generosity towards other people because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. We, begin, we actually begin to look more like Jesus when we walk in generosity. So here's the lesson. We're born selfish, but we're born again generous. None of us have to learn how to be selfish. It's just in our nature. But when you give your life to Jesus, and many of you have been serving the Lord forever, and I'm so proud of you. I'm so thankful for you. Keep going. But eventually, we're supposed to start looking like Christ because that's what a Christian is. They are like Christ. And, and we are, when we are born again, we're born again as generous people who say, God, whatever I have belongs to you. I am yours. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll go wherever you ask me to go. Nobody has to train us to be selfish. We're born with that. Our first words are mine. Your, your first words weren't mom and dad. They told you that, but they didn't know. First words were mine. That's mine. And it's cute when you're 12 months old. But it's not cute when you're 12 years old. When you're 24 years old. When you're 48 years old. It's not cute anymore. And I think maybe God today is wondering, hey, when, when are you going to grow out of that? When are we going to get past the me, myself, and I? When are we going to grow in our walk? When are, you, when, when, when are you going to quit being so selfish? When are you going to start acting like me, Jesus? 
wondering. God's wondering. I'm your heavenly father. When are you going to start acting like your heavenly father? So no condemnation, no guilt, but I'm, I'm putting it out there for us today to be able to answer that question. When are we going to start acting like Jesus? When are we going to start, when are we going to take him at his word? We've got to commit to a generous heart and this, and, and, or, or cultivate that generous heart. Number four, we've got to commit to a grateful heart. So I'm, I'm cultivating. And listen, the thing about cultivating is you, I'm not asking you to start here and go to here. I'm just asking you to start here and go to here. You just cultivate it year after year, month after month, day after day. You're, you're working. You're walking. You're getting closer to God. And the closer you get to God, you hear him say things like, hey, give that lady some money over there. Take care of this woman's grocery bills. Hey, see this person around the corner? Slip them $100. I don't know what it is. God will speak to you. He'll give you. He, I'm telling you, it'll blow your mind how he will speak to you about generosity unleashed. Um, commit to a grateful heart. I got to tell you, one, one of the things we were, uh, I don't know if I should share this or not. I, I, it's not in my notes. I'm going to do it anyway. But it's one of the things that I love to do. But recently, I'd say in the last couple months, we, this year has just been crazy for us as a family. We, we've made some decisions financially. and We're just doing our best to live how God's called us to live so that we can give how God's called us to give. And... Um, I was going through a moment where it was, I, was, I was a little bit ungrateful. I was a little bit, I was struggling in the, in the grudge part. And I just felt like the Lord said, hey, how much money you got in your wallet? $200. So, give it away. Okay. And I've been doing this long enough to know that when God asks me to do something, I just do it. And so one of those was uh, went out to eat somewhere and left a really nice tip, $100 tip. Another one was purposely went to the supermarket and just asking the Lord to speak to me. Who do you want me to give this to? Who's this for? I saw a lady. I said, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I don't mean to frighten you, but I just felt like the Lord wants me to give this to you. And she begins to weep. I know what this is for. My rent's coming up. I didn't need $100. I needed a grateful heart. That's what I needed. And I'm telling you, God will speak to you about stuff like that if you'll just be obedient. If, you'll, if, you, won't, if you won't treat your money like it's your master. It's time to commit to a, a grateful heart. And I'm telling you, the commitment takes a commitment. Because you're going to want to go back. We've got to learn to be thankful for what we have. We've got to learn to appreciate, to be content with God's provision. Lord, that what you've provided for me, I'm so grateful for it. I don't deserve any of it. But if you're not thankful, you risk going back to greed and grudge. If you're not grateful, you risk going back to the old ways. And I've found that the greatest way to combat greed and grudge is with a life of generosity. I don't know if I can explain it or I don't totally understand it, but it is being generous and being grateful. And so here's the last thing in your notes is this, that the attitude of my heart always determines my actions. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think with greed, you're going to be greedy. If you think with grudge, you're going to be grudging. If you think with generosity... You're going to be generous. If you think about 
gratefulness, you're going to be grateful. What's in here determines what's out here, what happens out here. Are you following me? And so I want to show you something. And the last thing in, in, on the screen, I want to show you what I think is the secret sauce to being grateful. In moments where I slip to grudge, in moments where I slip to greed, and I go, man, if we just had. Or, boy, I'd like to do this. Or, I wish I hadn't. And as your pastor, I'm not perfect. I, I, still, I still struggle in those areas sometimes, but he's still working on me. Okay? He's still doing a work in me, and I haven't figured it all out. But here's what I, here's what I know. Okay? The secret to going from grudge and greed to gratefulness this that I remember who I was I remember that I was a slave to sin and I remember that I was broken and I remember how I was caught up in addiction and I remember where God brought me from and I remember where I was in my teenage years and where I was early in my marriage I remember how I was a slave to sexual immorality and pornography promiscuity I remember how I was a slave to those kinds of things and how God redeemed me how God severed the chains and broke those things in my life and there and, and I'm free I'm set free and because of that because he set me free because he redeemed me guess what everybody I can't help but want to obey the command that he gives me to be generous to live a life of generosity pastor Ben how do you do it how do you live with generosity unleashed I remember who I was before God I remember where I was before Jesus I remember where I was BC before Christ I remember where I was and what and, and how far away from God I was I remember the state of my life and I remember how hopeless and helpless and how desperate I was and I've never gotten over it I've never forgotten I don't feel condemned when I remember it. I feel grateful. God, you've saved me. God, you've set me free. God, you've delivered me. I'm not who I used to be anymore. You've done a work in my life. That's the secret of gratefulness. Do you believe that today? Come on, can we give God thanks and praise for that? Let's give God thanks. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes and, and let me um, ask you, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he whispering to your heart right now? What's he, what's he speaking to you? Maybe for some of you this morning, li listen, this is not a message about trying to coerce you into giving. Listen, the, if you don't know God, the most important thing you need to give is your heart. That's the most important thing. So maybe some of you are here today and you're far from God. You feel the weight of your sin. You feel the weight of, of your choices. You feel the weight of separation from God. You feel the guilt of your past, the decisions that you've made, the secrets that you've been carrying, nobody else knows about. You feel all of that this morning. And I want to tell you that the same God who set me free is here today. He wants to set you free. He wants to do a work in your life. He wants to redeem you. He wants to sever the chains of, of, of brokenness and, and, and hurt. And he wants to sever the chains of, of addiction, whatever it is that you might be going through. He wants to save you today. He wants to set you free. But it takes a decision on your part. You have to decide to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You have to decide 
to say yes to a relationship with Jesus, to confess your sins, to confess that He is Lord, to confess that it's His way is best. And listen, God loved you so much, He gave His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. Jesus loved you so much that He didn't, he didn't close His fist, He opened His fist on the cross of Calvary so that you could have a relationship with God today. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, but you want to, you want to begin a new relationship with Christ today. Complete surrender. On the count of three, I want you to boldly lift up your hand. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I won't embarrass you. I won't single you out. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, one, two, three. Come on, boldly slip up your hand. I see you. One, two, three. Anybody else would say that's me? Four. Anybody else would say I'm, I'm going all in today? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Anybody else say I'm, I'm going all in? Twelve. Thirteen. I'm so proud of every single one of you. Every hand that's up today, God is working. He's moving in your heart. Thank you. Hands down. Let's say this prayer together today. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. Complete control. Take me. Use me. Mold me. Make me into your image. I'm your child. I want to be like you. Will you forgive me of all my sin? Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you. Live for you the best that I know how. You are my Savior. 